You're watching My Fellow Americans with your host, Spike Cohen. Yes. Yes, it's me. It's me. It's me. Yes, thank you so much. Thank you so much. Oh, keep clapping. Clap to the ponies and the cheesy bread. And for me to be your next vice president. How would we know that you wanted me to be your next vice president if you didn't keep clapping? Welcome to my fellow Americans. I am literally Spike Cohen. And guys, thanks so much for tuning in tonight to watch this very special anarchist redneck edition of the show with me, Spike Cohen. Many people don't know I'm actually an anarchist redneck because I don't sound like one because I'm Jewish, but I technically am. This is a Muddied Waters Media production. Check us out on Facebook, YouTube, Instagram, Anchor, Twitter, Periscope, iTunes, Google Play, Float.app. Everywhere. Check us out anywhere in social media, on the internet that you could possibly find us. We are there, Muddy Waters Media. Be sure to like us, follow us, five-star us, hit the bell. If there's a bell on YouTube, there's a bell. Uh, So hit that and share this right the hell now. The last thing I want is for you and your closest loved ones to miss out on a roughly hour-long libertarian podcast such as this. So be sure to share it. Uh, Give the gift of Spike Cohen today. Kids, love it. This episode as always, is brought to you by the Libertarian Party Dad Bod Calendar, featuring this sexy man right here, Mr. April, me, Spike Cohen. Uh, It's also featuring, uh, in fact, this is January, so for this month, uh, your Mr. January is John Phillips Jr., another sexy, sexy Libertarian man. Be sure to uh, purchase this. It's only $12 on LibertarianDadBod.com, and uh, you can hang this uh, from your uh, from your fridge or wherever you hang sexy libertarian men, uh, only $12, including shipping, libertariandadbod.com. This episode is also brought to you by the Libertarian Party Waffle House Caucus, the fastest-growing food service industry-related caucus in the Libertarian Party, bar none. It's not even close. Check us out on Facebook, Libertarian Party Waffle House Caucus. We are taking over. And then, of course, this episode is brought to you by the Vermin Spike 2020 campaign. We will be, with your vote and your support, the next president and vice president of these United States. Thank you so much. The intro and outro music to this and every episode of My Fellow Americans comes from the amazing and talented Mr. Joe Davi. That's J-O-D-A-V-I. Check him out on Facebook. Uh, on SoundCloud, go to joedavimusic.bandcamp.com. Buy his entire discography. It is amazing. It'll cost you like 20 bucks. It's amazing. Be sure to check that out. Thank you again, Mr. Joe Davi. And I'd like to thank Kroger for this delicious purified drinking water. Pres- Vice presidential purified drinking water that I drink on this and almost every episode 
of my fellow Americans, Bulavanaka. Shout out to Tehran Turks' mom and him as always. Guys, tonight I'm having on the show my absolute favorite North Carolina redneck. And I say that knowing full well that I just pissed off at least four other rednecks that live in North Carolina. Minimum four. Possibly more. Uh, he is the vice chairman, chairperson, chairkin of the Libertarian Party of North Carolina. He is the founder of the Liberty Coalition for Disaster Relief. I just spent uh, last weekend with him uh, walking through uh, uh, poor communities and housing projects with, with him and converting people to libertarianism. He's just awesome. And if you are able to watch this episode without falling in love with him, then I question your humanity. My fellow Americans, welcome to the show, Mr. Brent DeRitter. Brent, thanks so much for coming on. Thanks for having me, man. That's a hell of an intro. <laughs> I appreciate it. <laughs> yeah, no, I'm, I'm thrilled to have you on. I'm so happy to see you again. It has been hours since I've seen you. So I'm very happy. I'm very happy to see you. It's been too long. It's been too long since I've seen you. Agreed. It, it has been entirely too long. It's been several, uh, several days. It's been like no, a couple of days. It's been like three days. That's Which like is long it's, enough. It's been almost a hundred hours since we've seen each other, and it's just way too long. Guys, be sure to comment with your questions and thoughts, and Brent and I will tell you if you are right or wrong. Now, Brent, for those who are watching who don't know you and for some ridiculous reason did not watch uh, and have not already watched episode 39 of this show between two anarchist rednecks with Brent DeRitter. Uh, tell us a little bit about yourself to, to catch them up. Tell us a little ditty about who you are and how you got into libertarianism. Tell us your DeRitter ditty. <laughs> All right. Uh, so uh, I, how how I got here? That's always a fun question, and I do some of the I do a lot of these interviews, and I it's always a different answer um, <laughs> because I'm always I, I'm always recognizing that there were steps along the way that I just didn't catch uh, right away. So I uh, I used to be a Republican activist, and um, sorry. <laughs> and uh now i'm i'm many, a libertarian activist i realized that that those ideas didn't follow along follow along with what i believe so i uh i went out looking for a new home and i found it with the libertarian party very good very good and tell us a little bit about that you're you were the as i mentioned you're the vice chair of the north carolina libertarian party we did establish last time uh i believe that they do not allow uh beard straightening like the south carolina libertarian party apparently does with uh, mr jason lyon uh, but tell us a little bit more. That was, you know, that's that's the basics about the party. But, but tell us a little bit more about about them and and what you're doing with them. Yeah. Uh, the, so we definitely don't allow. It's allowed, but it's certainly frowned upon. It's frowned upon the beard right. straightening right. Um, here in the in the better Carolina. But uh, I I love being the vice chair of the Libertarian Party in North Carolina. It's probably the the best thing I've ever done, um, save for my my wife and my beautiful kids. It's it's my highest achievement, so I'm really happy about it. I love working with the people here. I, I really, when I say I found a home in the Libertarian Party, I mean it. Like we found our family here. We've, you know, put down roots. We're here forever. So yeah, no, it's awesome. We are. By by the way, I'd mentioned uh, that I would be pissing off uh, some other rednecks in North Carolina. Ryan Teeter, uh, Mr. Anarcho Gun Guy, says I take offense to that. So that's that's one. Um, the other three will be here shortly. Um, Ryan, yeah, well, little weird little kilt wearer. You're my favorite kilt wearing libertarian. Actually, my I think my favorite kilt wearer in general. 
just in the whole any i don't think i've ever met another kilt wearer unless i'm forgetting someone which is possible but i i can't think offhand of another kilt wearer that i uh that i i, I love more than ryan so I, I i hope i didn't offend you too much but there's one so i got three there are three more to go by the end of the show we should probably hear from them as well um so you're involved in the libertarian party in north carolina big part of that is going around trying to get people to vote for the libertarian party and, and support it and and uh you know get others to join and, and vote as well uh of course a lot of people who are libertarian also believe that the electoral process is completely irrelevant at best and harmful at worst uh, that engaging in it is a total waste of time. They believe, to quote George Carlin, if voting mattered, they wouldn't let you in uh, or they wouldn't let you do it. Uh, I, I tend to argue that voting to reduce the state, which would be ultimately what voting for the Libertarian Party is, is similar to defending yourself in court. Yes, you're using the state's apparatus and, and kind of, I guess, buying into the legitimacy of their system, even though we don't believe it's legitimate. Uh, but we're doing so to try to protect ourselves from further harm. What are what are your thoughts on that? Uh, well, <clears throat> excuse me. I, I kind of agree uh, that it's all it's all bunk. None of it none of it really means. Um, when you look at it from the state's perspective, none of it means much. So I don't think you can vote yourself into freedom. I totally agree with that idea. Um, and I, I, I kind of disagree with you that, that it's defending ourselves using their system. I, I'm more a George Carlin guy and that I think that if, if we could defend ourselves with their system, they wouldn't let us use it. Okay. Um, what we are able to do, though, is we're able to get the message of individual liberty out. And the thing is, what I think libertarians don't recognize right away is that if we win, then it doesn't matter. Like if we win, the votes don't matter. It, right. It's about individual liberty. So once we accomplish our goal, you know, in the next few generations, let's hope, um, you know, I, it, it, it won't matter who gets voted for or what gets voted for because we won't be trampling individual rights and it'll be on a small community basis and, you know, voluntary systems. So... Yeah, I just use this as a platform to spread the idea of individual liberty. Um, that's what I like to do is is sell libertarianism. Right, and that's and that's so that's the other part of it is that if you don't think that it's a legitimate way of actually affecting change at the electoral level, uh, it's at least an effective way of letting people know that they can be free and that there are other people who want them to be free, if nothing else. Right. Um, now, uh, uh, Joe Garcia brought up the um, the sword, brought up Ryan Teeter's sword. Um, that that I should probably he should also probably be the the um my favorite uh fake sword wielding umbrella libertarian as well um so we we think we we avoided a bit of a crisis there when we thought uh Ryan might be packing when we were about to go on tour can you tell us a little bit about that oh yeah uh Ryan's a weird kid um like real weird I hang out with libertarians all the time those are my only friends as my kids will happily point out to you. And um, he is the weirdest person I know. And I think if you only hang out with libertarians, saying this is the weirdest guy I know kind of means something. So shout out to Ryan Teeter. He is uh, weird, really, really weird. And he's the kind of guy that shows up with a broadsword to go do outreach. Or we all thought. It turns out it was just an umbrella that looked like a broadsword. It, 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 it looked like a sword. Like it, the handle was very tactical looking. It didn't look like you needed that level of like, you know, tactical to be yeah. able to and it, just to be fair. If you had shown up with the same thing, we would have been all like, wow, spikes umbrella, you know, obviously, but Ryan's the kind of person that shows up like with a sword to like to, a wedding. 
events where it's not necessary, like a wedding. Right. Yeah, right, that right. totally happened just a few weeks ago. I can hear him saying it's always necessary potentially to have a sword. Uh, so I can I can hear his disagreement uh, in the ether. Um, but yeah, so uh, no, I, it was a, a very interesting thing. Now, um, Brent, you're a dear friend and an ally in the fight for liberty. But I'd be neglecting my duty as a journalist if I didn't ask you necessary and even tough questions. Uh, you claim to be a principled libertarian, and yet I oh, got man. an email from your haircut uh, calling for us to fight to secure a future for white children. Please explain. Yeah. Uh, it, I had a haircut recently. Um, it, it, some friends uh, talked to me into going somewhere new, and um, we had a new hairstylist who right before she did this to me, uh, made the ominous statement that she knows, she knows exactly what I want. And then I heard clippers hit the side of my head. So, um, <laughs> this happens, but it's all a wash. We're evening things out. Um, you're, you know, engaging in white genocide and I'm, uh, getting a haircut like Richard Spencer. So it's, I mean, it, it kind of, it's like one hand washes, washes the other, right? Like it's, it's, you know, it's right. Yeah. It's, um, <clears throat> yeah. This was this was a terrible, terrible mistake that has led me to look like Matt Hardy on the way to WWE SmackDown or some silliness like that. I didn't see that until now, and you're right. Um, oh yeah, I would totally look like one of the Hardy Boys. I look like I could be on the WWE, or I could be re- representing some weird alt right group. Yeah, I could totally be a proud boy right now. Really, both of those. the shirt. Yeah, I just wanted to. Be really clear about my positions. The the shirt helps. The shirt helps to 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 reclarify your your cosmopolitan nature. Um, yeah. So and she she referred to it as a Viking cut. Is that correct? She yeah she did. What I said was uh, I was looking pretty shaggy. I was looking like a commercial fisherman, and um, <laughs> I was going out to do sales like outreach with you guys, which is essentially sales. So I went right. in and I said I, I got to look like a professional again. I'd like my beard uh, to be narrowed a little. It was really poofy. It was out here. Yeah. Said so I'd like my beard to be narrowed a little um, and trim a little off the end. I leave a little a length on top, but trim the sides and the back. And she said, "What do you mean by a trim?" And I said, "A small amount of hair being cut from my head." Mm-hmm. Uh, and she goes, "So short on the sides and long on the top." And I said, "Sure." And she goes, "I know exactly what you want." <laughs> and then and then like it was. It was, rough. <laughs> it, was, it was too late. I'm, I'm in terrible shape now. It was too late. I'm sure you'll grow into it. I'm sure it's. I'm sure it's going to get better soon. I, I believe in you. Um, well, the baldness will eventually spread to the rest of it. I've got a big bald patch back here, so we're, now we're just hoping that the baldness takes over uh, faster than somebody the, hits me with a milkshake. Faster than the hair grows. That's that'll be an interesting thing to see. I, I was shocked when I came to Wilmington and saw you arguing with your hair about race and IQ. It was, it was not what I was, <laughs> when I walked in, I wasn't expecting that. Um, yep. now speaking of Wilmington, as, uh, I mentioned, and you, you mentioned earlier, uh, we spent this past weekend walking through some of the most marginalized and underprivileged neighborhoods in Wilmington, including even some housing projects. We did this as a bit of a proof of concept, uh, for something that you're calling pound the pavement and, uh, to see how successful something like this would be, uh, basically us going around knocking on doors. Uh, and and to see if our theory that the libertarian message would be well received by people of color and the and the poor and it was in fact wildly successful wasn't it? 
Yeah, I mean, I, I've been saying for a long time that um, Ron Paul pulled a lot of a lot of low hanging fruit from the right, and it's yep. that was great. Um, but it has led us to believe that that's where our base is, and it kind of that that sort of um, embodies that that left versus right idea that libertarians should absolutely reject, and we should be going after every authoritarian, right authoritarians, and left authoritarians. And we went out. Um, to talk to some uh, some folks that you know generally vote Democrat and and some would say lean kind of hard to the left. Uh, my I, I think on the red carpet interview, my brother-in-law kind of heckles us a little bit um, with with some weirdness about uh, crime stats and and how some people I guess shouldn't have shouldn't have freedom. But uh, <laughs> th- those people seemed really excited about it. Yeah. They were they were amped about the message. They were excited about individual liberty. And uh, where I thought we would be going into a community and arguing our ideas, it it wasn't like that at all. We didn't have to argue at all. People were like, yeah, the government needs to get out of the way. I don't want to be on welfare. I don't want to live in this project style housing. I don't want to, you know, I don't want to be raising my kids without their father. I I want to end the drug war. Um, And I I mean, it was just people agreeing with everything we had to say. And you kind of came to the realization that these folks are not voting uh, Democrat because they think that that's that's the best thing for them. They're right. voting Democrat because, I mean, literally, they were the only people that they thought were willing to listen. Uh, we were told many times during that that door knocking campaign. I know you heard it too that yep. it was the first time they had seen any volunteers or any candidates. They were in shock that we had a vice presidential candidate. I remember the lady that one lady that said of the United States. Yeah. <laughs> like she was just amazed. Uh, and, and people were thrilled to hear what we had to say. They were, they were inviting, um, and, and, you know, very much pro Liberty, even to what some would argue their own detriment. I mean, they want freedom. Yeah, no, it was, it was absolutely amazing. And we had, now I don't know all the metrics, but my understanding is, uh, we talked to hundreds of people. I don't know an exact, I don't think anyone knows an exact number, but, but into the hundreds of people, uh, almost everyone who answered the door uh, engaged with us. There were some people, obviously, that weren't home or whatever, but pretty much everyone who answered the door at least engaged with us a little bit. And uh, I believe 30 people signed up, gave their names and numbers, signed up for the, the party. That, is that correct? Yeah, uh, we. I'm not sure we don't have all the books together yet from okay. it. Um, the weird guy with the swords holding on to a, a set of contacts. But yeah, like 20 or 30 new contacts, of the people that we talked to, only a couple were kind of, no, I'm a, I'm a Democrat, and closed the door in our face. Um, and then we had the one weird guy that was just having a bad morning. Yeah, but he was just having that, a bad everybody, day. Yeah. yeah, it was a weird one. But yeah. everybody was really great. And we even had, yeah, about 20 or 30 folks sign up to um, for our text list uh, to get phone calls or texts when we're having an event or we have something going on with a campaign that they can help in. Um, so I'm hoping to use some of those contacts to actually – uh, plan events in those communities, bigger events, maybe do a barbecue or whatever, and just kind of mingle, have, have libertarians come out and mingle with folks from those communities and spread our ideas a little bit. Yeah, it was incredible. Uh, something that uh, that we kept hearing, like you said, was people saying, you know, we'll have Democrats do a cookout or, you know, some kind of, you know, something like that. But we never had anyone actually come to our neighborhood and talk to us, with the exception of, you know, uh, Kevin... Uh, Spears and some other local candidates who were running for city council, but nothing ever on a on a on a state or, or national level. And something you said, and I, I started saying it too because it sounded so good, was you said, you know, 
Uh, Democrats don't really come here because they already take you for granted that you're they're going to get your vote. Republicans don't come here because they're scared of you uh, and have sort of taken for granted that they don't have your vote. And uh, it was incredible how how receptive they were. Uh, this experience to me uh, completely refuted all of the naysayers who say nay. Poor people don't want to hear the libertarian message. They just want their food stamps and welfare. Uh, the people we talked to overwhelmingly, guys, did not want anything from the government but to be left alone. They even said, like Brent said, we don't want welfare. We don't want to be living here. Uh, you know, They didn't want to live in substandard housing and live off of scraps. They, they want the police to leave them alone so they can start businesses and build something as individuals and as a voluntary community and not have so many of them uh, you know, locked up on, on you know, victimless crimes that, that didn't actually harm anyone. Uh, a lot of these folks sounded downright anarchist, wouldn't you say? They just had no idea that there was a political party or movement that was even calling for such a thing. Yeah, for sure, man. And I think I think um, that's something that we we forget too is that it's not so much a uh, left and right thing as authority versus anti-authority. And that like poor folks get that, dude. Like I come from a a poor background. Um, you know, I grew up in a single ride in the swamp or the marsh, depending <laughs> on who you're talking to. Right. Uh, <clears throat> and um, you know, we live below the poverty line now. The government has made it really hard for me to make a living. I, I used to be a commercial fisherman, and there were times in my life where my kids were on welfare. If it weren't for uh, welfare, they would have gone hungry, and they would have gone without insurance. And it's not because I'm slack or I'm lazy. I mean, I work right. hard. My wife works hard. It's because government literally was standing in the way of us making the money and the headway that we needed to fend for ourselves. So it's it's not that these communities are not interested in providing for themselves and doing for themselves. It's that government puts itself in between the individual and a better life. And that's that's what they're recognizing in these communities. And yeah, for sure we were getting some like legitimate anarchists. I think uh Miss Peterson, shout out to Miss Peterson. Mrs. Peterson. God bless her, she might be watching. Uh what a <laughs> What an incredible woman that you stumbled upon. Poor Spike <laughs> was out knocking on doors and thought it was him because there were a couple of doors uh, getting shut in our face. We had like a bad streak. It was the only yeah, few people few. that were like didn't want anything to do with us. They were all. And then it was Mrs. like all, Peterson it was saved like, the day. It was like all at once that we had a bunch of no's, and they happened to be the ones that I was doing. And I thought, oh boy, maybe maybe I'm doing something wrong. And then I came up to a door and met. Uh, folks, Brent and I met the new matriarch of libertarianism, Mrs. Peterson, um, who was just incredible. Just, t t t just tell us about her, Brent. Uh, uh, she was great. Her and Moses went to pre-K together. <laughs> um, this this lady, she was she's she's an older lady. She's not the kind of person that you expect to be uh, <clears throat> so woke. Paper woke. <laughs> she was yeah. just. Yeah, I mean, she knew what she was talking about. We got there, and she was explaining how the drug war was. Uh, I, she was using all of my lines. So I'm going door to door telling people how the drug war is not a war on drugs. It's a war on minority communities and low-income communities. Yep. Um, yeah. And that's the first thing she hit us with was that, you know, this drug war. So what do you think about the drug war? She says, it's a, it's a war on minority communities and low-income communities. Yeah, and yeah. it's They're just trying to get blacks and whites to fight, and it's they're trying to create a race war to distract us from other things. And did you know that they're over there in the Middle East protecting poppy fields? Yeah, and Afghanistan with poppy fields. They're, field, they're yeah. getting us all addicted to it. It was insane, it was man. Like I, it was like I was watching the Joe Rogan show. It was just nuts. <laughs> That's exactly – it was – she was like – 
yellow pilling us. We show up to her house and we're yeah. like, hey, here's the thing about, you know, because we had this little thing that we were handing out that said crime and justice. And uh, one of the people that we knocked on when we gave it to him, they said, oh, there is no justice. And so I kind of added that to what I would say, where I would put give it to them and say, you know, this says crime and justice, but we both know there is no justice right now. And we want to change that. Well, that got her all set off. And she went into, you know, you know, Richard, Nick- we didn't even, did we even bring up the drug war? Or did she, she would start talking about, you know, Richard Nixon said this quote about locking up her, his uh, opponents and black people. And it was like, oh, wow, this is yeah. all the stuff we were going to say to you. <laughs> Yeah, no, you, you handed her the, the crime and punishment thing, and yeah. you mentioned crime, and that's what I remember. Uh, Joe Garcia, might he was with us. Yeah, he Joe might remember it a little bit better. I know he's watching now, so correct me if I'm wrong, Joe, but Spike hands off the uh, the crime and justice um, leaflet from uh, National, and <clears throat> this lady just goes off, man. For like, We were trying to leave. We're like, oh, we got a lot of doors to hit. There's nothing right. to talk to this wonderful woman because she yeah, already yeah. knows everything. And she like she had been behind her door, kind of keeping it closed. And yeah. as I tried to leave, she was like, "Hell no!" She walks outside. Yeah, no, she walked out. out, out yeah. with us. Oh man, it was great. I mean, it was great. People were telling us too. Uh, one of the things I got hit with really hard was be careful what you're saying to folks um, and try to. And people really wanted us to present a watered down message to the left. And I was like, definitely not. We're going to hit radical points. We're just going to talk about beforehand how to make them palatable. You know, we're going to. We're going to present that radical libertarian message in a palatable way that people can appreciate. And we didn't even need to do that. These people were like, yeah, screw the government. They suck. They're always in my way. They, you know, locked up my cousin for entrepreneurship and I can't make a living because of them. And I mean, it was just amazing, man. It was great. It, that's that's the future of libertarianism right there is reaching out to those folks. It is because they're living like agorists. They're living like libertarians that didn't even have a word for or didn't even know there was a word for it. Uh, Jennifer uh, Schultz said people vote for who they meet. Uh, uh, Donald Reed Deal says if you meet them, they will come. Joe Garcia says uh, it was a great experience. Most folks were describing their views as libertarians. They, they just didn't know it. Exact. And, 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 she's, and he, she said Mrs. Peterson uh, rocked as well. And he's right. I mean, that's. <laughs> Uh, he said, yep, she went off on her own. She knew the deal uh, and that she was preaching on her doorstep. And that and that was, we saw, I mean, she was the most obvious example of that, but we saw a lot of people that about halfway through the first day, I went from kind of saying the whole, you know, we're talking with the community about the issues that affect you that I just started saying, hey, listen, we're here to see how we can get the police off your back. And they would light up and like start talking to us about all the, you know, all the stuff they wanted to be able to do. I mean, we even walked up on some people that were smoking and we'd say, hey, listen, we're fine with you doing that. We don't think anyone should be coming around here giving you a hard time about it. And they were loving it. That the idea that we should be watering this down because they vote Democrat is absurd. It, many, first of all, a lot most of them aren't even voting, and the ones that are voting Democrat, it's just because that's the only option they've really been presented. It was it, I, I was energized to do this, not just in the Carolinas but all over by the fact that. I was able to present the most radical way that I could possibly present libertarianism to people, and they were eating it up with a spoon. Yeah, Arvin Vora would have killed in those neighborhoods. Like, it, it was just as... I well, mean, it didn't even have to be a good message. It was... Well, depending on what he so. brought up as a subject. But yes, if he stuck yeah, to the war no, on yeah. drugs, if he struck to the, stuck to the war on drugs and, and welfare and, 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 and the war... And that kind of stuff, yes. We're just going to really just encourage him to, uh, if someone asks about age of consent, to maybe just hand it off to someone else to talk about that part. Uh, but, but yeah, no, I yeah. mean, we were in there just giving an unvarnished message. It was, it was incredible. It was absolutely incredible. 
it was exciting, man. And it definitely, it proved to me, and I had always, I had always believed it and I've been preaching it for a long time, but I think it, it proved to me and, and proved to a lot of folks out there that this is, this is the future of, of Liberty. It's not, it's not combat. It's not winning, beating, um, you know, Democrat voters or Republican voters. It's converting them. You know, it's about beating the politicians, yeah. man. It's about beating the guys behind the behind the politicians pulling the strings. It's not about beating your your neighbors back or your, you know, the guy up the road. This tribalism that we've gotten into is gross and it's not productive. And unless we want to actually go to war with all the authoritarians in the world, our yeah. best option is to, you know, talk to people and change their minds, which yeah. you guys did an amazing job. I invite, It was so cool, man. I invited a bunch of people to a very, very loosely organized event. <clears throat> it kind of rained on us and gave everybody an opportunity not to come. And there were just, there were a ton of volunteers yeah. ready to, you know, pound the pavement and sweat and do the work. And you guys did a great job. Yeah, it was awesome. I was so glad to do it. When I first, the first day I thought, you know, I'll, I'll see if I can come back Sunday. By the time I was done that day, I'm like, I'm, I have to come back for this. This was absolutely incredible. And, um, you know, so, so guys, just to let you know, Brent and I are going to be working on, uh, doing more of these in North and South Carolina. Um, and uh, with the idea that, again, this was a proof of concept. There were certainly some things we learned that we could do better, uh, although it was still incredible. And, uh, and you know, as we perfect this in the Carolinas, we're going to be looking for people who want to replicate this uh, throughout the country. Our movement is going to look a lot different moving forward than it has been. And it has to, because we have the cerebral, philosophical, libertarian vote down pretty much at this point. Uh, people who have just been drawn naturally to the ideology because they're drawn to philosophies and they read about Rothbard and Hazlitt and Kropotkin and, and, and Mises and, uh, and, 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 and Bastiat and, and, and everyone else. Um, we've got that, that market cornered. That's not going to be a winning coalition of people. A winning coalition of people is going to look like a lot of people right now who are, you know, we talk about the harm being done by the state. A lot of us, not all of us, but a lot of us still live in a, in a, in a, a, a lot of relative comfort. And there are people right now who are, in, including possibly some of the people watching this, I'm not, I'm not saying everyone here is on an ivory tower, but there are a lot of people who are acutely aware of what the government does to them every single day. And they tend to be poor and they tend to be darker in, in skin tone. And, uh, and, and that's what it's going to look like is people like that waking up to the fact that, uh, in fact, I, I say waking up to the fact they already knew it. We didn't even really have to tell anyone anything. All we had to let them know was that there were people out there who were actually organizing to try to stop this. These people don't want. They didn't. I did you did. I wasn't with you the whole time. Did you meet a certain a single person who was like, yeah, no, I really like living in my in in this type of neighborhood and and you know getting getting food stamps. So I, I don't I don't want to hear what you have to say. Oh no, definitely not. I, I met a bunch of people that were like, man, I wish the government didn't try to lock me up every time. I every time I do business or, yep. uh, you know, I wish they'd, they'd let me have the same opportunity as other folks, yep. you know, um, which is, is the case. And yeah, I don't think we taught anybody anything. I think the, the, the thing we, really we didn't. may have taught people was there is a political party that shares all of your ideas. I mean, yep. there, we weren't waking anybody up. We weren't, we weren't, you know, nobody was getting brought out of the matrix today. What no. we woke up to the idea that, Oh, this community already understands all this. We're preaching to the choir. They just didn't know we existed because we haven't tried to reach out yet. That was, it was, that's what had me so excited was it wasn't like, oh, they're so receptive to our message that's waking them up. We didn't have to explain. They were like, 
yeah, that's what we think. And then they'd start saying it too, saying stuff that we hadn't even said yet. And I'm like, oh, okay, yeah. so this is going to be that easy. Um, so I am so excited to, to rep- replicate this. We'll be talking about this more on the show and in the Vermin Spike campaign uh, as well. Uh, this is going to be a big part moving forward of what we're doing because it, it, the way to make a, a winning coalition is to is to take the people that are the most beat up by, you know, what government does to someone is beats them up, takes their wallet, keeps most of the money, and uses a little bit of the money to buy them some scraps to keep them alive, and then says, well, you know, hey, if it wasn't for me, you wouldn't get those scraps. And they know that. We don't have to yeah. explain to them that it's a shell game. They already know that. They know they got robbed. They know that they've been, you know, harmed. And uh, and it was just really great to to reach out to them. Um, yeah, I was I was. So we'll, we'll definitely be talking more in the coming days about pound the pavement. And uh, guys, uh, it you know, like Brent says, if you want to be involved without having to put on pants, just uh, you know, just share what we're doing so that people can see it. And if, if and for those who do are okay with putting on some clothing and going outside and meeting some people, some awesome people, uh, we're definitely going to be asking people to come and join us for this because we had how many volunteers do we have? Like 20, 15, 20, something like that. Uh, I think around about twenty. Yeah, if you, it, 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 there were, it was a two day event, and it was insane to me the number of people that showed up for both days from out of town. Like they got a hotel so that they could go bloody yeah. their knuckles and wear out their souls in Wilmington. Yeah. But um, <clears throat> yeah, it was like twenty folks, man, that just went out rain or shine, did the job and got an amazing result. And yeah, if you want help doing it, get up with Spike, get up with me. Yeah. Uh, if if you can like get me on a Greyhound to your town, we'll build an event around your your affiliate or your neighborhood or whatever you want to do yeah it's it's incredible like you know 15 20 something like that less than less than two dozen people were able to sign up 30 people and and i i'm saying wake up but really just wake up to the fact that there were people fighting for them an entire neighborhood and uh i'm sure they're still talking about it because they were excited people were coming out of their homes this is real this is how when we talk about how are we going to win this is how we're going to win. We're going to win by reaching people. Yes, it, it means reaching them, you know, on the airwaves and on the internet and whatever else, but a lot of it's going to be people that don't even want to hear any of that and they have someone come up to their door and say, "We want to get the police off your back. We want to get the government off your back so you can live so you can live the kind of life you want to live with, your, with in, in a community that is more prosperous and safer and healthier and happier and freer." And uh so I'm really excited about it. I I'm I'm su- I know we have other stuff to talk about, Me but too. I'm, I'm super, super, super excited about it. Um, before we go on to the next thing, I just would like to, um, I would like to plug a uh, uh, something that we're doing. It's Sorry. something called the uh, Mary Toothbrush Campaign, and basically what it is, uh, it's a, a campaign that we came up with for uh, the Vermin Supreme Campaign and the Dignity Ministry, uh, which is a uh, a ministry that helps uh, local homeless people uh, in the local Myrtle Beach area. Uh, basically the way it works is we have some toothbrushes that are signed by Vermin Supreme, uh, and with a donation of $10, uh, we will put your name next to Vermin Supreme and hand it out to, uh, homeless people as part of a care package that they'll get through a dignity ministry. And then also, uh, of your $10 donation, $5 of it will go to the Vermin Spike 2020 campaign. Uh, and then the other, uh, $5 will go to, uh, dignity ministry, uh, so that they'll have more money to, to do what they're doing. Uh, any donation of $25 or more, uh, we will actually, um, I will sign next to Vermin and mail the uh, toothbrush to you, so you have a moment, memento of, of helping us with this uh, with this uh, charity thing that we're doing. And then of the proceeds from that twenty five dollar or more donation, uh, half will go to uh, the Vermin campaign, and the other half will go to uh, Dignity Ministry. 
Um, so that's Mary Toothbrush. And for more information on that, feel free to reach out or you can go to vermin-supreme2020.com, press the donate button, uh, make your donation, and then, and then let me know that you've made it in conjunction with this so that I can, I can let the campaign know. Um, so that's something that we're uh, doing. Uh, Brent, speaking of helping people, uh, yet another thing you do, you are a man who wears many hats, uh, all of them with the Ford logo on it. Um, but you, uh, another thing that you, that you do is the, uh, Liberty Coalition for Disaster Relief. Uh, this is an organization that, uh, organizes people to help on the scene, uh, during and after natural disasters. Um, in some cases, even doing so in, 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 uh, in violation of what the state has told them they can do. Uh, but we leave it up to, to individual people, what, what they're comfortable with doing, but it's to help people and show them that, you know, you don't need government to help people in disasters. It can actually be done in an even better way by, you know, voluntary individuals who are just doing it out of, out of the goodness of their hearts. Um, now, uh, Brent, for those unfortunate people uh, who didn't watch episode 39, uh, you have a really cool story about how uh, how Liberty Coalition for Disaster Relief started. Tell us, tell our viewers about that. Okay, yeah, so, um, <clears throat> excuse me. Um, Hurricane Harvey hit uh, a few years back, um, was... was hitting Texas pretty hard. And my daughter was watching the news and we were talking about, uh, libertarian solutions to, to natural issues like natural disasters. And she had wanted to do something and she wasn't sure what to do. So I started talking about doing a, a food drive, like a canned food drive. And I got some folks involved and we were going to do a canned food drive locally. And she said, no, uh, that's not enough. You need to get all your libertarian friends. And she knew that for whatever reason, there were a few folks on the internet that, that cared what some schmuck in a single wide in the middle of the swamp had to say. So I started reaching out to people and libertarians, like really, I was thinking, well, we'll have a really big canned food drive, right? Maybe right. We'll, we'll have a few folks in a few areas do it. And everybody went nuts, man. Yeah. I mean, I get way too much credit for it, but people like, I, as as the founder of Liberty Coalition for Disaster Relief, do not advocate um, or encourage anyone to break the law right. to uh, be involved in disaster relief. That's our official position. Mm-hmm. Um, as an individual, I was so amped when people were telling me, <laughs> man, the police were in the way and they were like, there was government agents telling us that we couldn't get through. Uh, so I hope you don't mind, but we just went around. And, um, they did, you know, some of them went around, some of them went down creeks in their, in their boats, guys took off from across the country. So we were raising money, people were donating funds and those got distributed, uh, distributed amongst, um, relief victims after the hurricane. But while the hurricane was, was hitting, was, uh, tearing Houston apart, people started leaving their homes with trucks full of gas and boats and, disaster relief supplies and uh, Zach Garretson and Matt Mahler were, were a couple that I remember and um, that had gone out and, and, you know, been hit these roadblocks where the government's telling them it's not safe to be here. You have to turn around. Right. And the government was saying it wasn't safe because of looting. Um, I think what it was, was they didn't want, they did not want people to see the amount of casualties that there were, yeah. but uh, they were telling them it's not safe. Turn around. And in some cases, some guys, you know, turned around and waited to help which was fantastic. It was yeah. amazing that yeah. people even went. And then in some cases they were like, well, there's a road over here or we'll just dump the boat in the Creek and we'll take the Creek instead. And one instance, and I've been asked not to give names anymore um, <laughs> about this one, but in one instance uh, there were some folks from, 
one of the disaster, the larger disaster relief organizations that doesn't do such a great job. And there were, um, I think local police had tried to stop my guys or, or I should have, I should have brought the story. I have it written down somewhere, but anyway, they, they had tried to stop the guys getting through and, uh, the gentlemen that were there had come armed because they're not stupid and they're libertarians. And they said, uh, basically the, the other organization said that, um, we needed to give up our donations and that they would distribute them, but they had already seen that organization or members of that organization right. actually selling, selling those supplies elsewhere. And, uh, the guys that were volunteering for us said no. And, uh, not only no, but know and get out of the way and they they brought their guns out and they were like look uh we don't want to be violent but if it's necessary um we'll defend you know these people are going to get the supplies that they need and we're willing to defend them and you know essentially those guys stood down and got out of the way and our guys rode on through and got stuff where it needed to be so yeah it was a great thing man we had a you know a semi truck full of stuff from in the northeast up in uh new england somewhere uh headed down and we had people, you know, headed out to folks probably don't remember it, but there was a uh, there was a nursing home or an assisted care facility that was underwater and the staff had left and there were old folks sitting in there in knee deep water with, yeah. you know, wounds and bed sores. And uh, Rianne Moody went down there and and made sure those folks got what they need. So they were on the on the news for a split second and then. The news saw libertarians were the ones that handled the problem, and then you didn't hear about them anymore. But yeah. just so people are aware, those were our, our volunteers going down there and risking their lives and and going into dangerous places to make sure people were safe. Yeah, when, so it was something I'm super honored to be a part of. Yeah, it's absolutely awesome. So, guys, when people say to you, "Without government, who will do X? Who will do?" Uh, you know, who will feed the poor, who will take care of this, who will take care of that. One of the things they'll say is, what about disaster relief? When a disaster strikes, how are you going to take care of it without government? And, you know, who's going to do that? And the answer is, we're going to do that. And government won't be there to stop us from doing it. Uh, Brent, I don't know if you've ever heard of prefigurative politics. It's basically uh, an old anarchist uh, praxis, which is basically the idea of answering that question for lack of a better word, going ahead and forming uh, these these non-state solutions to the problems that we face. And sometimes doing so, uh, you know, not in full, in full, you know, regard for the law. Uh, again, neither I nor Brent uh, uh, or any of the organi- organizations we're a part of ever are ever going to encourage you to break the law because that's also illegal and we don't break the law. Uh, what I am saying is that when people choose to break the law in doing these things, what they're also doing is demonstrating that the government is actually actively going to stop people from helping people, which proves that they're not in this to help people. Because if they were, they'd say, oh, great, you're helping people too? Awesome. But they don't. They actually stop you on the flimsiest of pretexts. And the real answer is they don't want anyone mess- muscling in on their territory because it destroys their whole argument that you absolutely need them in order to be able to get anything accomplished, especially things like disaster relief, helping the poor, all of this stuff. That's why they make it illegal to you know, feed the homeless. That's why they make it illegal to help people during disasters. Um, and so you know, by doing these things, uh, we're actually showing them that not only is government not the answer to, the, to these things, government is actually what is preventing us from being able to do it now brent uh my understanding is that you're you're planning on ramping 
ramping up uh, operations for LCDR uh, for 2020. Tell, tell us a little bit about that. Yeah, uh, we had to take some time off. So it was supposed to be a temporary thing anyway. It was just supposed to be for the one hurricane. Right. And then another one hit, and we, we were trying to get people on that. And we simply didn't have the resources. We didn't have the manpower. We didn't have the, the financial resources. So we recognized that we were in over our head. <clears throat> we had done what we set out to do. And most of us were already working within the Liberty Movement. Uh, obviously, LCDR is is getting set up to be a nonprofit. So we're not affiliated with any particular party or any particular campaign, um, nor do we endorse them. But most of us came from the Liberty Movement, and we just kind of went back to our projects. And people wanted us to come back. And I was trying to find time in my schedule when... We were actually, my family was displaced by a hurricane. Uh, we were in Alabama. We were stuck and um, we didn't know how we were going to get home. We had run into some serious personal issues with some people that we didn't know as well as we thought we did. Right. Uh, and the whole community just came together and put the money together for us to get home. People were offering us rides. Sarah Daggers was offering to drive in from Louisiana and pick us up and feed us and say, <laughs> take us to her house because uh, those are the kinds of people we have in the Liberty movement, which is why <laughs> right. yeah. my family has anchored itself here. And, you know, folks got us home and we kicked it off again. And I promised people that come 2020 uh, LCDR would be back up and running and ready to go. And it's looking like in the next two weeks, I'll be talking to the lawyer and uh, getting a new seat or a new um, accountant and moving on. We'll be ready to do a relaunch and start, you know, organizing funds and actions across the country in the very, very near future. So if you're looking for LCDR to make a comeback, this is your year. We're looking for new volunteers. We're going to be looking for funding. I'm not allowed to ask people for funding for the lawyer because we don't have the nonprofit stuff set up yet. So I'm not going to ask anybody for money, but if anybody asks me if they can help to pay lawyers fees, uh, to get us started, I will not turn you down. Um, so if you're looking for a way to help, there you go. So uh, we got some comments here. Yeah, it, guys, if you want to help with LCDR, get in touch with Brent, and because uh, that's that's an amazing thing uh, to work on. Another example of going to people where they're needed. Same thing with pound the pavement. Instead of saying, "Hey, we're doing this thing over here. Come check us out," you go to where they are and say, "Hey, we're helping. We're here to help you." And 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 that's it's so weird the the stereotype of libertarians that we're just a bunch of rich selfish people that want to keep all our money and I'm I'm sure there are some libertarians that that's their primary concern most of the libertarians I know are at or below the poverty level or, or hovering right around it and still want to help people um and 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 recognize that government's actually making it harder for them but going through some of these comments uh, Susan uh, Hogarth the uh, chair of the Libertarian Party of North Carolina said she had a great time with us and yeah we. Had had an awesome time it was great uh joe garcia says you can't do it all from behind a keyboard uh jennifer uh, schultz says i love it um and uh oh, brandon uh, ragavage I, I hope i'm saying that correctly said what law is it that says we can't feed the homeless so uh brandon brandon there's actually uh most uh or at least a good number of counties uh and states and some cities have laws against feeding the homeless and they're all almost identical uh the the reason for that um, they say is public health. You know, they don't know if that food was made right, uh, or you know, if uh, you know, if if it's expired, it could be expired, uh, or someone might put poison in it. Now, remember that one of the reasons is 
they might put someone might put poison in it. That's that's one of their pretexts for why they do this. Ultimately, we know why they do this because if poor people get help outside of government, people are going to start wondering why we need government. That's the real reason. Where I live in Myrtle Beach, it's against the law for the uh, restaurants here. We have probably more restaurants per capita than almost anywhere on earth. Uh, uh, the, the restaurants here um, aren't allowed to give away their food to, the, to the, 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 the homeless or the poor, so they have to throw it away. It's absurd. And we have a, a fairly large homeless population here. They can't help them. They can't give them food. And it's ridiculous. I mean, it's tonnage. I don't even want to think of how much tonnage of, of, of food that there is that, that just gets thrown away. Um, one of the things that, uh, that, that we've seen, and, and uh, Ryan mentioned there's a guy in Florida that's been arrested multiple times within the span of a week for feeding the homeless. Um, uh, so here, here's the thing. And he, Ryan also said, isn't this the same government that intentionally poisoned people during prohibition by putting poison in, the, in, their, in their moonshine and alcohol and trying to kill them? Yes. Uh, but all that to say, so one of the things that they'll do uh, is they will um, they will take uh, so after they you know fine or arrest people for feeding the poor, they'll take the food and they'll pour bleach on it so that no one can eat it, and then they throw it in the dumpster. Now, for those who have any uh, you know familiarity with the homeless community. A lot of people who are homeless end up having to resort to climbing into the dumpster to get food. If, if, if there's nothing else available, they have to go into, into the dumpster to get food. They're often doing this at night. Sometimes they're intoxicated. Or if they're not intoxicated, they're absolutely exhausted and you know malnourished and, and you know fighting exhaustion and, and starvation. And they, they climb into a dumpster and grab food that's been covered in bleach. It's been poisoned. And then they eat that, and they may not realize soon enough that there's something wrong with the food. They may just assume it tastes that way because it's been in the dumpster. And then they could die from that or just get really sick. And if you're really sick and homeless, that could be, a, a you know, you might end up dying from something that someone else might not because, you know, you, you aren't in a house. You're, you're now dealing with the cold and you're sick. So this is an absolutely disgusting thing uh, that's, that's happening. And it's a perfect example of when someone says without government, you know, who would do this? We would do this, and government wouldn't poison people in the process of trying to stop us. Um, that's my rant. I, 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 I'm sorry, Brent. I know you're you're. Again. Do you want to weigh in on this at all with the the feeding homeless thing? Because it just makes me sick. No, no. I mean, it, it ran away, man. But yeah, it's <clears throat> you know, it, we were just hearing about that actually uh, this weekend when we were pounding doors. Yeah. Uh, the the chair of the New Hanover County Party where we were said. Hey, you know, for our next event, maybe we should go feed the homeless because I'm watching these police chase these two girls through town yeah. who are who are feeding the homeless, uh, and these girls are trying to stay a, a step ahead of them. So yeah, next you know next event, if anybody wants to come to Wilmington and get arrested with me, uh, let's do it. But it, it, one of the things we can do as libertarians that are, that really makes a difference, and I, I know people like to go out and get petitions signed, and I I know we like to push our candidates. It's really important to a lot of people that we get libertarians elected because it proves that we can do it and, yep. and it means something. But if you want to shake people up and, and make a difference, go out and do things for your community that you know the state's going to stop you from doing. Because the yep. best libertarian outreach, from, from my point of view, and you know, from speaking from a sales and marketing background, the best thing we can do is show uh, where the state is the is the bad guy. You know yeah. there are good guys and there are bad guys, and 
and in America, we, we like to root for a, the underdog and be the good guy. And Jesus, the libertarian party is both, you know? So like go out and do a thing that the government's going to stop you doing, like feeding the homeless. Um, you know, it, it, not only are you doing a great thing for your community, but you're, you're doing something that it, it gives the, it gives the state the opportunity to, to show what bad guys they are and they really like to do it. They're really good at it. So why not? Yeah. And depending on your level of comfort, some people like Brent are amped up to get arrested and some people are not, uh, especially if they have priors or anything like that. Here's the thing. Depending on your level of comfort, if the police come and say you can't do this anymore, you can be very vocal about saying, hey, look, everyone, you can even live stream it. Hey, look, everyone, I'm being stopped from feeding the homeless because it's against the law for me to help homeless people to not starve to death. And if you if you aren't comfortable with getting arrested or fined or whatever, you can just do that and be very vocal about it and you know walk away with your food. Or if they take your food, say, "Hey, look, everyone, they're going to take my food and poison it." None of that's illegal. Uh, uh, and if you and if you you know are, are are down to get arrested, then what you can do. And again, we're not we never uh, encourage anyone to break the law on the show. Uh, but if you if 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 you chose to do that, the message you're sending is. I'm, they are such a bad guy that they're actually going to put me in a cage and charge me for the horrible, horrific crime of helping poor people. And what you, and what you're also demonstrating is libertarians, either way, whether you get arrested or whether you're just very vocal about complying with their, with their, their diktat there is you're saying libertarians are the good guys and the state are the bad guys. And making a very, there is no more, you know, there, there's a lot of things in life where it's kind of a nuance. You look at foreign policy and it's like, you know, which one's worse? You know, there's never never really a clear-cut good guy and bad guy. This is a very clear-cut good guy and bad guy. Whatever the original... Oh, yeah, there, there are white hats and black hats here for yeah, sure. Yeah, this is an absolute good guy, bad guy. Someone trying to feed the homeless, someone trying to stop them under the threat of the law and, and of using force, whatever, you know, uh, force is necessary to bring them under compliance. It doesn't get any yeah. more white hat, black hat than that, like you said. Yeah, it's definitely good guys versus bad guys, and, and it makes it super clear. And yeah, I'm, I'm just excited about the possibility of getting arrested for this because, hey, it's good. It's it's good media when when people see libertarians get trashed for doing the right thing. And my wife just gave me permission, um, so I'm really excited to you know do something new that my wife's giving me permission to do. But there are really nice ways to get involved and, and safer ways to get involved too, man. Like anarchist ambassadors, we did a you know <clears throat> we like to answer that question. If if without government, who would feed the hungry? Was one of ours, and um, I think we had like hundreds of people across the country, maybe even a thousand across the country going out and feeding the hungry in different ways. And it was just some silly event that we put on. Yeah. I, you know, I was like, Hey, pick something without government. Who would do this? You know, forget the roads. Cause that one's been hit a million times, but pick something different. And everybody was like, well, what's who would feed the hungry without government? And so we went out and did it. And we had, I mean, we had people donating large amounts of food to food banks. We had people volunteering to, for food banks. We had people that just went out and, you know, passed out food to the hungry themselves. And right. we had folks that, you know, donated money, donated time. And some people like just went to McDonald's and bought lunch for the guy behind him in line. And it was this amazing outpouring of, of libertarian empathy and, and caring that definitely goes against the idea that we're a bunch of rich capitalist, greedy assholes that don't want to pay our taxes. Yeah. You know? Yeah. Well, I Which mean, we kind of stings being below the poverty line. Like we're, 
we eat bologna a lot. I'm not one of those guys, and I think it's important that the world sees that. Well, and that's the interesting thing about this. I came out of being a conservative, where I was a, I'm not sure I call myself rich, but I was successful with my business, and I wanted government to leave me alone and get out of my business and stop trying to feed all these damn uh, uh, lazy poor people with my tax dollars. That's how I came into libertarianism. Being around libertarians, I realized, oh no, it's a completely different situation than that. These aren't lazy people. These aren't, I mean, there are lazy people in every group. There are lazy rich people, lazy middle class people, lazy poor people. That, that's just, that's something completely outside of income levels. They're not there because of their choices. More often than not, they're not there because of that. They're there because that's more than likely where they started, and government has zero intention of letting them get out of it. You'll have a handful of examples of people who have an incredible vertical leap to you know work their way up to that first rung of the economic ladder, which is way, way, way up there, and be able to pull themselves out of it. But for the rest of them, they're stuck there. And it actually was in becoming more and more libertarian that I also became more and more caring and not just caring in like, a, oh, I want to help these people, but understanding that they were there often because of societal influences that they would make a mistake. And if I made a mistake, I'd end up being okay because I had the, the you know, the, the, the financial situation and the social support network uh, and the position in society to be able to make that mistake and be okay. If they made a mistake, it ruins their life. And often they don't have to make a mistake. They're born with their life already ruined for them by the state. So it completely woke me up to that. So for those who are watching this who aren't libertarians, who may have a, a misconception about libertarianism, I need you to understand, most of us come here and become more compassionate. Uh, we, we come here from whatever you know uh, 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 political position we had before and become more, actually more compassionate as a result. Um, Brent, I don't know if you had heard of pre prefigurative politics before, but you are the embodiment of it. Your entire, every action that you take is you are taking a, a very uh, tried and true uh, anarchist concept of saying, yeah, we don't need the state. We don't need government. And let me show you how that works, uh, even to the extent of, 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 of getting in trouble for it and saying, hey, listen, I got in trouble for helping people. So to answer your question, I'll do it and government won't be there to, to stop us. Um, one more thing, because again, you, you're clearly a lazy, I mean, you want to talk about lazy poor people. You're clearly very lazy because another thing you're super working lazy. on, super, super <laughs> lazy guy. I don't know. I'm, I'm shocked. I even got you to stay up long enough to be on this show. Uh, another thing that we talked about last time that you've been working on and, and are, are closer to getting started is the uh, Liberty Loop, uh, which is where you're going to be taking your, your houseboat. I don't want to say too much. I'd rather you talk about, uh, but you're going to be taking a houseboat across the Great Loop. Uh, which is if you see that black out the the black outlines there uh, the the waterway loop around the uh, the uh, eastern and part of the Midwest of the U.S. and uh, and doing all sorts of cool stuff. Tell tell us about uh, tell us about the Liberty Loop. What you plan to do with that? Well, uh, yeah, I, man, I throw a lot of noodles at the. Well, that's how I live my life. People are like, oh, you live kind of a crazy life. I I, I married a woman who. Uh, was real big on adventure and i was not i was planning on staying in pender county and voting republican for the rest of my life <laughs> thank god that didn't happen but yeah so one of the noodles i threw at the wall man one day i was i was talking to the wife about how you know i want to do this for a living and and i'd like to i, I used to be a salesman and i was uh, pretty good at it i think i was pretty exceptional at it i don't like to toot my own horn in recording where people can hold it against me later mm -hmm. but it, there's a short list of stuff that i'm good at and sales and and 
marketing was at the top. And I, I kept finding that I, there were products that I just couldn't sell. Like I could go door to door and I would do really well. And then I would realize that I was ripping people off and I was done. I just, I, right, I, I'm right. not that kind of salesman. So I started selling Liberty. I realized that the Liberty movement, you know, doesn't have a lot of that. And a lot of us are get here because we're intellectuals and intellectuals tend to not be great at outreach and, <laughs> you know, salesmanship and politics yeah. is definitely a sales game. Yeah. You know, so I figured, yeah. uh, I figured I'd start doing this and I did and I'm, I'm good at it and I like it. And I thought that, you know, I'd like to open a consulting firm um, that focuses mostly on outreach. And you know, there are a lot, there are a lot of folks out there doing campaigns and I'm happy to work campaigns too, but where my heart is, is libertarian outreach and, uh, you know, organizational development, uh, setting up organizations for success and uh, to, for solid growth. And we've been able to grow uh, in really rural areas here in North Carolina, we've been able to grow a couple of really successful, uh, thriving affiliates. And I thought we would spread that. So I told my wife, I said, I'd love to just travel the country doing this. And she said, that's a great idea. You should think of a way to do it. And we were working on a houseboat, a smaller houseboat, mm -hmm. and we found a bigger one. And I said, Hey, uh, cause we were going to, we were going to sell concessions to fishermen and, and, you know, vacationers and stuff out on the water oh, cool. and charge an arm and a leg for it. Right. Right. Yeah. So, um, and we're still gonna, so if you want to, you know, <laughs> you want to buy like a $6, uh, ice pop, I'm the guy to see. But also if you want to catch me doing a seminar or a training event, people started asking me if I would come and, and talk about what we do here in, in the Southeast, um, at their affiliates or, or at their libertarian meetings. And I said, sure. So the idea is basically that we're going to move my wife and kids onto a boat, uh, a tiny boat. Well, not tiny, but like 47 foot. It's too big for six people. I mean, too small for six people. Right. And we're going to go up the eastern seaboard and across the across New York and into the Great Lakes and down the Mississippi and into the uh, into the Gulf and around Florida or maybe across Okeechobee. We'll see. Um, and kind of stop at any affiliate that wants to, uh, you know, have an outreach event or you want to do door knocking or you want to have a an outreach training seminar or an organizational development um, strategy session. I'm I'm just gonna, you know, float around and do it and and kind of prove the method, show people what we're doing, and hopefully it takes off into something where uh, I don't want to be a rich man. I, I never have, but I, I'd love to be able to support my family doing what I love, which right, is of course. selling liberty and and teaching other people how to sell liberty. Yeah, I I am so freaking excited about this idea i'm excited about all of your ideas which is just my own personal thing but i'm especially excited about this because i like boats and i like the water i'm a sweet summer boy i'm out there you know when it's during the summer i'm swimming <laughs> i'm out swimming somewhere and uh this oh and i love liberty and selling it to people and this is when i say selling just telling them about it uh this is all of those things at once and i hope i'm hoping i'm not i'm not going to hold you to it but I definitely hope that this can get started about the time that I get the vice presidential nomination because this I want this to be part of my tour. Is you know we'll bring back the idea of the <laughs> bring back the idea of the whistle stop tour. I have already gotten uh, uh, permission. I've already talked with my wife. It's not permission. I'm the man. First of all, first of all, permission. I'm the man of the house. I'm literally the only <laughs> one wearing pants in this house because my wife is. Lying. I've met your wife. That's silly. Listen, that's she's in charge. 
you don't know our relationship. I am, <laughs> as as the boss of this marriage, uh, I've already talked with her, and she is perfectly fine with me going on at least part of the Liberty Loop tour with you and your family. In fact, her exact words were, yes, please go. I'm really grateful to have such a loving and supportive wife, which which you have one as well, Brent. Your, your wife is... I do. And my wife will be watching it. So I'd like to point out that I know where I stand in this relationship. I am definitely not in charge. I would do nothing but for the grace of my beautiful, wonderful wife who, I mean, legit, I really wouldn't do any of this. My wife works um, overtime every week, busts her butt, makes a good living so that I can full-time devote, you know, all my, all my hours to this. Yeah. So, yeah. yep, we both got a couple of great wives. Um, I would love to have you on the boat. Uh, we're actually looking at doing an interior tour, too, of the country. So we're looking at buying a uh, school bus and turning it into a, a tiny home with the kids. And and whenever someone needs uh, assistance growing their affiliate or doing outreach, we'll be there. I'm so freaking excited about this. And yes, you need to be, if someone needs to start paying you, because you are, you are, I, I said to someone recently, I think it was someone on Team Supreme. Uh, I, I think it was someone on Team Supreme. I said, if I had a thousand Brent DeRitters, this country would look completely different. Like a, a thousand oh. Brent DeRitters acting, like being as active as you are, it would completely change the the political and social landscape in this country. And I'm I'm not... I'm not overstating things when I say that. Like there would it be, it would change the alt right haircut game. It just <laughs> this would be the liberty least. haircut. <laughs> <laughs> I, would, I would no longer have to argue with your with your haircut about immigration anymore. No, you would. This would become the the people would say, "Oh, I know that haircut. You're here to tell me about self ownership and non aggression," and uh, and you'd be like, right. "Yeah, of course I am. This is the Deritter haircut." Um, but no, you know what? The, you can, you can, it, I don't think you're going to, but you could just keep that haircut and, um, and we could see if we could actually be successful in having people think that's not a Nazi haircut anymore, but it's actually a like, a like Southern libertarian haircut. I won't be joining you because I'm, I definitely don't yeah. have the hairline for it. Um, but, uh, but yeah, so no, so yeah, Liberty Loop. Um, how can people help you with this? Obvious. I mean, you know, how, how can people get involved in Liberty Loop? Uh, it, it, I get people all the time asking me how they can get involved in a project. If you're willing to help, I'm willing to have the help. <clears throat> I, I, I think I get too much credit for the stuff that I help other people do. Um, none of this stuff is like a Brent DeRitter show. It's, right, I, right. I, 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 it's loosely organized events and people who are excited show up and do a great job. And then I get to stand up front and take credit for it. But you can do that. Um, when we go to do the Liberty Loop, uh, we'll definitely be taking donations because I have no idea how I'm going to pay for this trip. Right. But I know that libertarians need some basic sales training and some, uh, it sounds so condescending, but it's a skill that's not... Uh, most people don't have it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, I mean, most people in the liberty movement, anyway, don't don't have that skill set. So, so it, it, we're, we do a lot of arguing. We're not good at... Uh, conversing so people need need to know how to do that and i'm happy to travel around and teach them and help and maybe do some speaking events and stuff but to do that we're going to need money and right. i can't rely on my wife to continue doing it because she's going to come on the tour with us and she'll be launching her own business as well but <clears throat> it, it's going to be tight 
and so that I'm not out there on the hook in the middle of the ocean without fuel to get home. Right. Uh, in the in the near future, we will definitely have a link for you to start donating so that we can, uh, so that I can be one of those grimy guys on the internet that lives off of your funds and and travels around and has highfalutin dinners with uh, fancy people in big cities. I think that that would probably be one of the best things to ever happen. I mean, the last thing we want is for your anti-state tour to end with your being towed home by the Coast Guard. Um, I think that that probably, if we can avoid that, uh, if at all possible. Um, yeah, I mean, don't get me started on the Coast Guard, man. That is the biggest infringement on on individual liberty. Those guys can board your ship anytime they want for any reason they want. They'll be able to ransack my home whenever they feel like it. Yeah. So uh, definitely, when there's a link, donate because we're going to be going through a lot for you folks. Getting boarded by the Coast Guard is no fun, and I imagine doing the things that we're doing will probably be boarded more often than most people. I would imagine so. so. I would imagine so, because they're going to be like, what is this houseboat doing stopping places and getting people all riled up, and then they they depose their local government? Um, No, I think this is great. If anyone is watching this in the National Party or any kind of campaign that's you know paying people or whatever, Brent DeRitter's your guy. Guys, like I, I'm, I'm no, I'm serious. I, I, I can't think. There are some incredible people in this movement, um, in this state, in North Carolina, and others as well. Uh, people that are part of Team Supreme that are amazing, um, and many of them are, are comparable to Brent. Offhand, I can't think of anyone that's better than Brent. Put it that way. Um, so that's I, I, not true. It is well to me. I appreciate it. It's, it's true. It's true. You're wrong about my wife, though. I'm totally in charge here. I'm completely. I do not believe you. When I when I walk when I walk in the door, the first I say I I I actually kind of mildly kick open the door and I say the man is now here, the man is here. I am now here, and everyone gets really. And then she gets home. And then right. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. No. I I don't. I've lived with a small statured woman. Um, I'm currently married to one, and I know what they're like. And I don't. mm -mm, Nope. No, and your wife totally seems like a take charge kind of lady. Like she, she, she was moving through the crowd like a boss at the South Carolina uh, debate. So you don't know my marriage, don't know, man. You don't know my marriage. Um, so let's go through some of the comments here. Uh, uh, Joe Garcia said you're going to be eating at the finest Waffle Houses around, um, <laughs> and uh, and he also said that you're being modest. You kick ass. That's exactly correct. Uh, Ryan Teeter says he's gonna he's Thanks. gonna float along out there with us too. I assume that was that was correct. That that would be the case. Matt Hicks said uh, uh, I'm on a boat and free men don't ask permission. Uh, that's uh, that's that's true. He also said that I, I kick the door open and just look around. Whatever. Um, I uh, I uh, whatever. I, I don't you know. <laughs> you guys you guys don't you guys don't know my marriage. Like you don't you don't realize how like much of an alpha I am uh, in specifically in the, in the marriage. You sorry. guys don't get it. You guys don't get it. Um, sorry. That was an inappropriate amount of laughter. I'm, I'm sorry. I apologize. Pure, <clears throat> you're right. As my wife says often, uh, pure primal visceral uh, 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 masculinity is, is what I project. So guys, so oh, right on. Go ahead. I, I hear you. You remind me of someone. Uh, I, I, I'm having a hard time putting my finger on it, but um, I've heard the I've heard the phrase. Uh, oh, what was it? Peak physical condition. Peak physical. I don't know if you heard that one last <laughs> weekend. 
peak physical from the kid that's constantly shoveling candy corn in his mouth peak physical condition yeah that's called that's uh, called being in your 20s yeah that's yeah i was once in peak physical condition yeah, we were, we were we were all in peak now physical I wear condition. A sports bra. Yeah, we were all in peak physical condition, pal. Uh, uh, we all remember what our early tw- late teens, early early to mid twenties were like, and then all of a sudden we weren't in peak physical condition anymore. That kid's uh, got a reckoning coming, man. <laughs> yeah, it's it's uh, you know I'm just you know work on your cardio, man, because uh, you know peak physical condition uh, starts to drop off after twenty five. Uh, put it that way, but yeah, no raw masculine energy. That's that's how my wife describes me when when people ask you know what's what's what am I like? I can see it. I believe you. It's there, it comes no. from those seat massagers in your car. I bet that's... <laughs> if there are any delegates huh, that are on the on the fence out there uh, for your state that are on the fence for who you want to support for president and vice president, uh, I'd like you to, to come and, and maybe take a short ride with me in my car and it's massage sheets. And I have a feeling I might change your mind about, uh, about who should be leading this country. It's not a bribe. I'm not bribing you. <laughs> it's not a bribe. I'm just saying... I'm just saying you can get in the car. I'm not going to give you anything except peace of mind. Uh, so, Brent, if all of the things that you just said you're doing and more were not enough, I'm told that you have an announcement for us tonight uh, about yet another role that you're going to be taking on this year in this My Fellow Americans exclusive. Tell us about your this exciting new role for 2020. Uh, I am excited to both volunteer for and endorse the Supreme Cohen ticket. Um, I'm really excited about uh, Vermin Supreme. I, I, and I know I'm going to get some some noise uh, thrown at me from from folks, uh, probably from the great Sam Goldstein himself. But uh, <laughs> I, I'm a big fan of Vermin Supreme. I'm a big fan of his marketing st- style. The guy first of all you guys know all about earned media that guy is the earned media yeah. king champion um, yeah he's amazing uh everybody knows who he is like my republican father knows who he is yeah. he was oh the guy with the boot on it so that, i like that guy yeah everybody likes vermin um you know except for sam but everybody else likes <laughs> <laughs> likes vermin uh he does really well with the youth he people get that it's a joke and right. they it's it's the kind of uh, satire that doesn't need explaining right. it's not super complicated the guy wears a boot and like six different ties because the whole thing's a joke right and um it's uh you know ballot access is not a joke i get it um you know r- running a, a solidly libertarian campaign is not a joke no but the guy is solidly libertarian yep. uh i think both of you are are you know as as libertarian as it gets um He's like I said, the king of earned media, man. He, 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 the the guy is an activist from hell. The guy, I mean, he he's always uh, working to you know to free folks up from the state. Yep. It's it's a no brainer in my opinion. Um, I'm I'm a huge Ruff supporter too. I love Kim Ruff and and John Phillips, particularly yep. John Phillips. Like now that I've seen him in the dad bods calendar, holy crap! <laughs> right, that, that dude is dreamy. Oh but, my uh, gosh. You want to talk yeah, about raw, but, raw, raw masculine energy? John Phillips oh. Jr. literally—it's actual dripping that you see of masculinity on his Mister January. You've got again libertarian dad bod. You guys got to get out and get this. This you have to get it. That's me. I look amazing there, John Phillips Jr. You may want to just keep it on January the whole year. Seriously, I—I I, I mean, I'm, that, I'm, I'm cutting John's head out and putting it on every single month. 
It's we're just going <laughs> to scotch tape it to, to every month. But yeah, I mean, it, it, I think that it's a solid ticket. I think you guys have a lot to offer the Libertarian Party. I think it's Thank great, um, great messaging. And right now we can't win. And I, it infuriates people when I say that. And I don't understand why it does, because right, we, we quibble over who's going to get 3% or 5% right. or, oh, man, I could bring 6%. But we're quibbling over teeny tiny percentages. And I know that ballot access is important, but if we have to get petitions signed, I'll be the first one to sign up and do it. I don't think that'll be the case. I think this will be a ticket that gets more media attention than we're used to getting. It's going to get attention because people are going to want to treat it like a joke, which is it'll be the great flaw in their strategy. Pointing out what a joke that ticket is is only going to draw draw more eyes to the Libertarian Party. Yep. And I know I know you personally, I think, well enough to say this, and I, I, I know enough about Vermin to say that you guys are going to focus what attention you do get on down-ticket candidates yes. and on you know development and growth for the party, and I think yep. that's what it should be about. We, we, you could run Donald Trump tomorrow. He's not going to win as a Libertarian. Donald Trump with a VP of baby Jesus is not going to win as a Libertarian. Your options right now are marketing, and I'm, I'm talking to Libertarians here, delegates yep. specifically. Our options are marketing, and there is nobody better at marketing our ideas than Vermin Supreme. It is a weird thing for me to say, but that is absolutely true. It's absolutely you true. Guys, I'm, I'm excited about your ticket, and I'm, I'm happy to be uh, a help to your campaign in any way I can. And I and I appreciate that. You're going to be the grand pooba of the uh, Team Supreme campaign. Is that correct? Sure. Yeah, definitely. Yep. I got to pick my own title, um, which, you know, there's a draw right there it, it, for the rest of you volunteers. <laughs> the, the, <laughs> the volunteer harasser? Yeah. I'm all for that. Yeah, we we. Yeah, I'm I'm hearing like Tyler's like he got to name a pony. This the whole thing's very exciting. Oh oh, uh, you'll get to name a pony. Don't get ahead of the show program. Uh, we'll we'll get there. Um, but I'm naming. I'm. I'm, No 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 don't 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 say it. Don't don't say it. Yeah. Um. So um. Yeah. So uh, obviously, guys, we're gonna run this thing to try to win it, and ultimately that means to try to get as high of a vote count as we possibly can. I think we're going to blow through that 5% that's going to help us get the, the ballot access. And I think we're going to get numbers that no one that no one even expected. And another thing we'll be able to do is by pushing libertarianism as a mainstream thing because of a mainstream audience that's watching this absurdity that we're initially presenting and then actually sees. Because Vermin, you know, people know that I can present both a silly, you know, uh, fun thing to watch as well as an actual serious argument uh, about libertarianism and a serious message. When we went through the, the, the projects in Wilmington, I wasn't talking to people about ponies and cheesy bread because that would be an insult to them where they were. I went to them and talked to them about the things that were harming them and how we wanted to, wanted to stop that. Uh, the And that's really how we'd be running the campaign. You, you, we'd get the earned media because of the, the, the absurdity of the whole spectacle of the thing. And then when they get in, same thing with comedians, same thing with, with you know, like a George Carlin that we talked about before. You start them with the jokes and then at some point you're hitting them with, you know, serious, you know, reasons for, for, for why the Republicans and Democrats are failing them. That, that That's not a bug. That's a feature of the current duopoly Republicrat system and that, that we are a clean break from that. There's no cleaner of a break from, from this disgusting system than a man with a boot on his head. There's no cleaner of a break from that entire thing than someone who says, okay, you're going to treat this like a joke? Well, we're going to give you the funniest clowns out there. There's a reason people get most of their news from late night uh, talk shows and, and the Daily Show and, and you know funny people on 
the internet and, and, and shows like this, it's because it's already so dismal, they're already so done with the whole thing, and they want to at least get entertained a little. And we're going to bring that to a completely different level. We're going to dominate the conversation, and I, I'm, I'm really looking forward to having you on because I, I know things are going to be absolutely amazing with you with you on. Uh, yeah, I'm, yeah, man, you could not have possibly said it better. What you What you guys are... The strategy you're using is, and I, I've said this for years, we've got to start using proven marketing techniques. The idea that we're not going to do that and we've got to be these serious, you know, really, really serious, watered down guys. It's silly. <clears throat> we need to be presenting a principled message and we need to use proven marketing techniques to do that. And that's exactly what Vermin, Vermin does and it's exactly what you do. You draw people into the humor and you hit them really hard with the uh, with the facts and it's I mean, it's just an impressive campaign, man. I'm really excited. You guys have a great staff. Desiree? Yes. Desiree Lindsay. Desiree Lindsay. Holy cow. I I have to say, when I was talking about, you know, some of the people that are comparable to you, Desiree Lindsay was literally one of the people I was talking about. Like, she's... Uh, There's no way I compare to Des. Absolutely not. Desiree is a freaking rock star. She's amazing. She's everything she touches turns to gold. She's great at what she does. And she's... Like a great motivator, man. Yeah. Gets lazy people like me off my butt to do all sorts of stuff. She's, She's fantastic. She, she was a big part of uh, LCDR, right? She was she she was very heavily involved in that. Yeah, she was from her and Tyler uh, from Gate, and uh, like I said, after after uh, Harvey, everybody kind of went back to their own projects and stuff. But yeah, she was a huge help in getting it boosted and off the ground and and making things happen. A lot of the organizational stuff that was. Um, just outside the scope of my ability, uh, both of those those folks handled uh, with absolute professionalism. So you guys have a really good campaign behind you and, or a campaign staff behind you. You've got the perfect strategy for where we are right now. I think a serious candidate is it's not a good option. Um, and, you know, I'm, I'm happy to see what your campaign's going to do should the delegates be bright enough to, to give you the nod. Yeah, I mean, ultimately, if the delegates don't pick us because they want someone who's more, you know, serious and austere or whatever, I get it. I, I, I get what they're trying to say. Although, although again, guys, we know about Vermin with the boot, but take a chance to listen to him when he gets serious. He did a he did a uh, an AMA uh, for the Mises Caucus uh, and 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 blew that away. And, and he was still fun and and had silly moments yeah, or whatever. But the the he is able to present libertarianism in a very clear way and a very sober and 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 serious way as well and i can as, as well too we both have very interesting senses of humor and sometimes when we're together we can't stop riffing off of each other um which is very entertaining for everyone including us especially us uh but but the the the, the reality is we're both able to present this in a real serious way and and we will be helping the down ticket count, uh, candidates and we will be uh, uh getting in some vote totals that that no one's ever seen before and let me let me go ahead and say because I know I've got some some folks on that right now that that um, support some other some other candidates and that's fine. We uh, we you know we love Kim, we love Dan. Uh, I like Jacob. I got to hang out with Jacob this weekend. Uh, he's a good guy. Um, you know, he, he, here's what I what I want to say about about why I've chosen uh, Vermin Supreme and 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 why and I assume why Brent has as well. You can obviously correct me if 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 I'm wrong. Uh, the if you're looking for and this includes everyone that is running, including those who just announced they were running this week. If you're looking for someone who is uh, the most principled, 
we're up there with 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 some of the some of the most principled candidates out there. We we we're right neck and neck with all of the other most principled. And there are plenty of principled candidates in this thing. I'm not disputing that at all. If you're looking for someone who has the most name recognition, that's a lot of pragmatists say we got to get the most name recognition. Vermin Supreme has more social media followers than every other candidate combined. And and it's not even close. It might be twice as much. It's it's a lot more. He has over I think 7 million mentions on TikTok. Um, and these are a lot of them from people that are 17 and up, meaning that they're old enough to vote. Uh, we've had people contact our campaign saying, my kid won't leave me alone about your campaign. What can I do to help? This is a serious thing that's happening. It's a, it's a, it's an absolute sea change in American politics. Will it be enough to win? I'd like to think so, but I think at the very least, it's going to be enough to, to score some numbers that I, I respectfully, I don't think any of the other candidates can get in this cycle because of the headwinds we have against us with ballot access, with uh, debate access. Remember the whole let Gary debate thing? He had more than a couple polls that would have allowed him to debate and they did everything they could to shut him out. And we're going to be facing that as well. And we have to get that earned media. And if so, if you're looking for someone that can get earned media, no one else is going to be able to get that as well as Vermin uh, as the nominee. If you're looking for someone uh, who uh, is... is uh, you know, able to reach out to the youth, vermin, reach out to the youth. If you're looking for someone who is able to be the most compassionate, vermin, uh, 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 I've seen vermin helping the homeless directly. Uh, vermin at, at times in, in his past in his life didn't have a home and he and his wife didn't have a home. They, they, he has a level of compassion that you don't often see, uh, as part of his shtick with his whole routine, but he's one of the most caring and compassionate people I've ever met as well. Um, I say this is someone that, Initially, when he first started running, I didn't get it. I, 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 w- I thought it was entertaining, and I was happy to have him on my show. And then I got it, and I realized this is, this is the pick. Uh, you know, again, plenty of other great candidates out there. I think that Vermin is, 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 uh, is in a position that none, none of the other candidates can do uh, in this cycle. And any of the one, the one that we keep hearing about that, uh, that has anywhere near the name recognition, and he, and he really doesn't, uh, also isn't. A libertarian so not sure why we would go with someone who isn't a libertarian when we have someone with more name recognition and is actually a libertarian let's go through the comments yeah. here real quick go no, go ahead uh brent oh no i was just i'm i'm in full agreement man aside from his outreach to the youth like like i pointed out earlier folks my dad's age know who vermin is because he's been around that long and he's been working that long and he's yeah. he's gotten that much media yeah so <clears throat> he hits all those pragmatist talking points and aside from that the idea that we're going to keep we're going to we're going to give up principle uh for name recognition is it's essentially the and it's amazing to me that such logical people can't wrap their minds around this but libertarians have a hard time with it if we trade the principles that we believe in yep. for name recognition then we may as well just join the Republican Party Thank or the you. Democrat Party. We, that's it. You, Thank you. That's all you're doing. Just go and join them, and that's fine. I'm not telling people to leave either. Don't start no, 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 sending no, the no, LP and no. see a bunch of dirty messages about what a jerk I am. I'm not saying you should leave, but I'm saying if that's your strategy, then the best way to follow through with that strategy is to go to the Republican Party or to yeah. go to the Democrat Party where they're going to give you a seat at the children's table and not let you have a voice. Yep. I, and I've, I've been told that we look silly running candidates that don't have name recognition. And my my position on that is I would much rather I can either look misrepresented or stupid 
If those are my only two options, and I don't concede that those are the only two options, but if I can only look stupid or have my positions completely misrepresented, let's look stupid. I'm totally good with looking stupid. I, I defy uh, I defy you to to find somebody that thinks that thinks Vermin looks like a serious candidate, but I, I defy you to anybody to find anybody that can prove that he's not. Yeah. I mean, the guy is brilliant. He is a genius. I again hang out with libertarians all the time. The smartest people I know. Yeah, and he might be one of the smartest I've ever he's met. A brilliant guy. Yeah, yeah. He, he, you guys have the strategy down for sure, man. I'm excited. Super excited about this ticket, dude. Could yeah. not be more thrilled. Yeah. Anyone who says that we need to present some kind of austere, uh, you know, uh, super serious candidate, the last person to be elected president is a bright orange man who speaks at a low scream and gold plates everything. He has been the punchline to late night jokes for like 40, 35 years or something like that. And more often than not, the jokes were at his expense. They were not laughing with him. They were laughing at him. And he used that. He harnessed that name recognition, that nearly 99% name recognition, 99 point, you know, everyone knew who Donald Trump was to get elected president. And, you know, despite despite his party's leadership getting in the way. And that's what we need to look around and see who's getting attention right now. And and the the party leadership and the other parties shut things down like they they shut down the fringe on on both sides. But it's those weird fringe folks like Bernie Sanders is like the weirdest old uncle. You know what I mean? Like, but people love him. They think he's great. And it's because he's that weird, kitschy, you know, you're drawn to it. Yep. And and that's how Donald Trump pulled it off, man. That's how a New York City Democrat won the Republican evangelical vote. <laughs> it, 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 like a, a casino owning, strip club owning, grab him by the, you know, like that's how that guy won the evangelical vote, man, is, is there are those those weird big personalities draw attention and and get the vote and were it not for the corruption of the other two parties you would have that's who you would have you know run right now so if the libertarian party folks in in the libertarian party can kind of get out of our own way um and and let a, a team of candidates like that represent us i think we'll be well ahead of the Republicans and the Democrats who every cycle they're behind. They're always behind. That's what politics is. Susan Hogarth said that to me yesterday or the day before. She's a smart lady. I learn a lot from her. And what you see in the political uh, atmosphere now is what people felt yesterday. And today what people feel is that they're tired of those serious, overly serious, pretentious candidates. And they want somebody who reaches out to them and who they can identify with. And oddly enough, it's like weird Uncle Bernie, you yeah. know, or yeah. Donald Trump, yeah. you're fired, yeah. or like the guy that wears a boot on his head. So let's start looking at what's actually working and, and going with it rather than what the other two parties want us to believe, because that's how they're getting over exactly. on us. Exactly. They're convincing us, they're convincing us that we have to run chafy or chaffies or or we have to run, and I know you don't want to crap on other candidates, but I'm happy to do it. Um, <laughs> that we have to run these these milk toast loser candidates that have absolutely no business representing libertarianism because they don't know what libertarianism is. It's it's silly, and it's it's not going to work anymore. And I'm glad that that the very few of the old guard that are left that kind of feel that way are, are getting pushed out, and 
the only folks that I see, the only old timer libertarians that I see around mostly are, are libertarians that get that and they've been screaming it for decades. We've yep. got to do different yes. outreach. You know? Correct. Yeah. No. Um, Matt Hicks, who's the uh, second vice chair of the South Carolina Libertarian Party, he's also joined the team recently and he gave a, an endorsement of us uh, yesterday, actually. And one, one of the things he said is for those who think vermin isn't, you know, respectable enough uh, to, 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 you know, get in this election and to be taken seriously. Uh, our current president was in WWE SummerSlam. Like it, it's not people are looking for. In fact, the more you piss off the conventional wisdom and the establishment, the more people like you. The fact yeah. that the the people in the Libertarian Party that are going, no, we need someone in a suit who's saying this respectably, they're in the minority now, not just in this party, but in the 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 really in mainstream culture. We are living the meme world now, and Vermin Supreme is one of the biggest memes going. So you know, yeah. the, we're 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 post we're we're in the post seriousness society. I want to go through some of these. Uh, through some of these comments, uh, Joe Garcia says Spike reminds me a little of Red Brown because of my because of my masculinity, right? Like like football player Captain America, right? Like I'm like really super <laughs> hyper masculine. Uh, uh, Matt Hicks says yes, um, he earns all the media. Uh, Spike is pretty okay too. Thank you. Uh, Jennifer Schultz says I'm going to vote for Vermin Spike. Thank you, Jennifer. Um, let's see. Uh, Jennifer says we don't uh, we don't want to sound the same as everyone else. We aren't the same as everyone else. And trying to sound the exactly. same. If we sound the same as everyone else, it's like Brent said. Well, why would they vote for us? Why wouldn't they vote for the established options that have a much better chance of winning? If we don't sound different, then what the hell do you vote for us for? Um, uh, Donald Reed Deal says most certainly, Jennifer, we are not Republican light or Democrat light. Exactly. Uh, Matt says he's one of the smartest people with whom I've ever spoken. She, he's talking about me, of course. Uh, um, <laughs> Joe says he did the same at the SC debates. That's correct. Uh, Joe says also says Lincoln Chafee. No. Uh, uh, Donald says Chafee is a, a, a lino. And l- let me say something here. And I think Brent agrees with me on this. I'm glad uh, uh, that Lincoln Chafee's joined the party. I'm glad to see anyone join yes. the party, as long as they're not calling for you know genocide or you know whatever that Brent's haircut wants. Uh, as long as they're they're calling for you know as long as they want to hear more, that's great. That's different from saying that I want someone with a multi decade history of anti libertarian governance with a couple bright spots in there, uh, you know that that we can get behind. But the entire rest of it, you know, is 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 as anti libertarian as as it gets. To just step in and go, uh, I should be the nominee um, because um, I've been elected before. That's not enough. Yeah. That's not enough. Again, okay, great. So then I guess if I were going to vote for Lincoln Chafee, wouldn't I vote, why wouldn't I vote for Donald Trump who agrees with Chafee 96% of the time or Joe Biden that votes uh, that agrees with Lincoln Chafee 97% of the time? Why would I just, because of that 3% or, or even less that's, that's even remotely libertarian, go, yeah, let's throw away all these other principal candidates, including a principal candidate that has even more name recognition than, than, than Chafee does, uh, in, in favor yep. of, of someone that ultimately I'd be better off voting Democrat or Republican. Um Let's see what else here. A lot of people just agreeing with us. Bravo, Brent. Uh, Donald Reed Deal says, might as well vote for Weld. Well, uh, Weld just said today that he was the one who encouraged Chafee to to, to get in there. Um, Jennifer good, says that... Good, I'm so glad he said that publicly. Thank God yeah. Weld said that. Thank you, Bill Weld. You beautiful man. Thank you so much for admitting that. That's wonderful. I'm glad to know who's supporting uh, Chafee. Uh, that's that's fantastic. Yeah. No, absolutely. Great. Absolutely. Um uh, Joe, Gar- Joe and Matt both talked about, you know, WWE that, you know, he was, you know, I mean, give me a break. We're talking about seriousness here. Uh, anyone who wants to talk about seriousness in a candidate, 
after 2016 elections, I, I can't take you seriously anymore. I, I can't take you. I actually take you less seriously now. Um, uh, uh, Matt says, unleash the ponies. That's absolutely a pony for everyone. And in fact, uh, plank number seven of my uh, uh, verbal agreement for an even better America is to arm your ponies with a 20 millimeter Vulcan cannon. Uh, hashtag arm the ponies. Um, so uh, let's see here. What else we got? Um, a lot of people just agreeing with us. Tell them that's right. They're brilliant. Clearly they are the brilliant really, really just smart audience. Uh, um, oh, Joe brings up how Chafee just got absolutely destroyed on, on Kennedy's show. Kennedy, uh, who was on Fox Business, uh, there was a clip that we put on the Muddy Waters page uh, from Fakertarians where Kennedy just said straight up, do you think Americans should be able to own an AR-15? And he wouldn't answer it. He just wouldn't answer it. He start, you, you haven't seen that? No, I missed it. He no. literally, he went, first of all, he went, oh, well, that's all, um, um, uh, 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 he did that for about, I, I think three or four seconds. It felt like an hour and a half, but it was like a long time of him just like, mm-hmm, uh, and then he go, and then he starts talking about the war in Iraq and the trillion dollar deficits. And he goes, those are also libertarian issues. And she says, yeah, but this is a libertarian issue. Oh, and he brought up civil liberties, and she said, "What about the civil liberty to own a assault to own an AR-15?" Oh, 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 well, you know, I want to talk about. I'm here to talk about the deficit, and and I mean, you can see the look on her face. Like, yeah, you're not going to get this because why would we? Like, we already have two gun grabbers to choose from, uh, a, a Donald Trump and whoever the Republicans pick. Why on earth would we pick that for the libertarians? It was it was insane. I, I you need to see. Go on Muddy Waters. All of you after the show is over, do not leave until the show is over. Do not go anywhere until the show is over. But afterwards, go on Muddy Waters and scroll down a few posts and you'll see the video. We shared it from the Fakertarians page. Shout out to Fakertarians. Um, they, uh, yeah, I mean, it's it's incredible that that, that this is even being considered. But um, yeah, uh, Joe said, and this I agree with Joe, Chafee is welcome to come in and do some activist stuff for a couple of years before seeking the nomination. I want to see, I want to see Lincoln and people like him come in, say, I completely disagree with what I used to believe, and I'm going to demonstrate this for a while, and maybe yeah. then run in, in, a, in a lower ticket race, like maybe rerun for my Senate seat or something like that. But you can't just come in and say, yeah, uh, I'm, I'm a well-known figure in Rhode Island. I'm, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to get the, the nomination. It's, it's ridiculous. Um, yeah, it's it's silliness, man. It's it's silly that we keep doing it to ourselves. And I'm glad that we're I think we're we've reached a point where it's not happening anymore. I see that those guys that were pushing Bill Weld on us kind of shaking in their boots now because yeah. they know they're not getting this nomination. It's not going to happen. And and it, it, that's gone. That the time of I'm here to I put in 80 hours a week so that that's gone. The idea that we're going to continue to have these politicians misrepresenting us it's yeah. it's not going to happen anymore yeah. you know and there are a lot of other folks like me that are putting in the time and the hours to make sure that that strategy is out the window yeah. it's not coming back we're going to have principled libertarians from now on yeah yeah what well, we saw and mandatory I, toothbrushing mandatory toothbrushing free ponies unlimited zombie power and baby hitler's dead and so is baby woodrow wilson period gonzo out of here bye i'm thankful for bill weld and here's why guys because he showed us what happens a lot of us were worried about the idea of nominating a moderate gun-grabbing republicrat lifelong establishment politician and everyone including you know gary johnson kind of oh don't worry everything will be fine and what did he do he used his platform to explain why people should vote for hillary clinton he never at any point pushed a libertarian message he 
said, I'm sticking around for good. And the very second he had an opportunity to do something else, he left. Lincoln Chafee has has a, a long history of hopping parties, not because his policies changed, but because he thought he had a better chance with that party. And that's, he's doing it again. So I'm actually thankful for Bill Weld because this isn't theory. We already knows what, know what happens when you nominate someone like this. And, uh, it, you know, you, you're, you're not going to get libertarianism. You can't get uh, blood from a, a, a stone or a turnip. And you can't get libertarianism from a lifelong, unrepentant, uh, someone with a lifelong, unrepentant, anti-libertarian history of governance. And and and, and we just need to do something different. Um, and, uh, oh, Matt Hicks says, I've said this before, Spike, ponies can't handle the recoil from a 20 millimeter rotary gun. These are magic ponies. And yes, they can. And the gun's p- uh, magic, too. It's, it's magic involved. So, yes, they can. Yeah. Uh, With you guys being there, how could there not be magic involved, man? Thank you. It's thank the you. most magical ticket on on the stage. It's a it's a magic ticket. Thank you, Brent. It is. That's that's one of your first contributions to the team is that we're, we're the ticket of magic. Uh, now, Brent, now that you are, we're going to now do uh, my fellow, uh, uh, final My Fellow Americans. And this is where I'm going to give you 30 seconds to come up with an answer to an incredibly difficult question uh, that you've never thought of before. Um, now that you're a member of Team Supreme, you're going to be one of the first people to get a pony. By the way, anyone watching, if you join Team Supreme, you're, you're on the top of the short list for a pony. So just keep that in mind. Not to, again, not bribing. Just saying, if you like free ponies and with guns on them, you get it first. Everyone gets one. You get it first. And frankly, it's going to take a while to get 300 million ponies out there. So I'm just saying, top of the line. Top of the line. Anyway, so now you're going to be at the top of the line to, to get a pony. And so I'm going to give you 30 seconds uh, to come up with the name of your pony uh, and then I will tell you uh, if it's right or not. I, I didn't really work out that part. Uh, so 30 seconds to come up with the name of your pony. Good luck. Oh, so uh, this one's easy. I'm going to I'm gonna name my pony after uh, my, my friend who we go back and forth uh, sometimes and we disagree a bit. But, but eventually we find some common ground and I know he'll really appreciate it. Uh, so my pony's name is going to be Sam Goldstein. That's arguably the best name for a pony. Best pony name ever. Mm-hmm. Yep. In this context, yeah. guys, I think we've reached peak pony name there. I'd have to think that that's the yeah. best pony name anyone's come up with is Sam It's Goldstein. not going to get much better than that. It, I can't see how. Sam- I have now essentially forced him into supporting your campaign. Surely... By the end of this interview, Sam Goldstein's going to come out publicly endorsing the Supreme campaign. You're going to see Noda uh, popping up under, or, or, or no thank you, popping up under Chaffee's name. And, uh, and, and we will surely have a public Goldstein uh, endorsement of, of your campaign very soon, I would think. If he wants to name his pony, there's going to be, listen, guys, there's going to be a day of reckoning. We're trying to be nice right now, but at some point... If people don't get with the program, we're going to name your pony for you. And you're not going to like the names that we come up with. So, I mean, I'm just saying. Like, I'm not trying to, you know, this isn't like, I mean, it's a little bit of a stick and carrot thing here. Like, we're trying to help. We're trying to be helpful here. 
And if you're not going to take this seriously, then you're going to get Pony McTurd face and stuff like that. Like it's going to be some some like not the best names for a pony. And I don't know if it's going to be like legal to change pony its name. McTurdface. What's that? Oh, that's that's I, I kind of like that name. It's not the worst name. Well, we're, it we're sounds gonna, Irish or Scottish. It, it, it's a Scots Irish um, surname. Um, well, then we're going to feel, I mean, again, these are not going to be the best, you know, it's going to be hit, hit, it's really going to be, you know, luck of the draw, whether you like your name or not for your pony. So you can name your pony and get it first by, you know, jumping on the winning ticket here or risk it when they start handing them out. I don't know what to tell you guys. Uh, Jennifer Schultz, I think says she's going to name her, uh, her, she's going to name her pony Lady Liberty. That's a nice name. Uh, Matt Hicks uh, nice. says, "What about donkeys? I have a miniature donkey named Burrito. That's fine. We can have. We can actually give you a pony named Chalupa uh, that will have, uh, uh, or whatever you want to name the pony. Um, and because uh, because you, you're on the team now, so you get to name your pony uh, and get it first. Um, so yeah, uh, Brent. As always, absolute pleasure having you on. I could we could do this for hours." I know you're sick. By the way, oh, just in case you didn't think Brent was enough of a superhero, he's sick right now. <laughs> yeah, I'm in here with a house full of children with, with fevers. And, oh, man, my wife is calling during your show. I'm so sorry. Oh, it's okay. Uh, it's- oh, wow. Okay. Yeah, no, I've, yeah, we're, we're sick here in the DeRitter household. Uh, I came home with the haircut, and immediately everybody had the flu. I'm not saying they're connected, but that's something happened to Richard Spencer <laughs> and his family. Freaking so. Vikings with their... With their dirty, their dirty, uh, all their diseases that they carry, they came, they wiped out the natives, and now you go and do it yeah. to your kids. No, but I mean, this man's sick, and he just came on here and explained how he's like one of the top ten libertarian activists in human history. No, <laughs> his words, right. well, his, his words. Because if you'll recall, when I said Brent, tell me about what you do, and he said Spike, frankly, I am one of the top ten libertarian activists in human history, and I thought, well, that's kind of. I mean, okay, if you say so. No, he, Brent, you are absolutely amazing. Uh, uh, um, Back at you, man. I appreciate it. I am. I love you. I always love to hang out with you. I'm so excited to get started with this campaign, with spreading the message of libertarianism, with the pound the pavement thing, with living on a boat with you, and and running away from yes. the Coast Guard. I'm excited about all of these things, and so is my wife, because she she supports everything I do, because I'm the freaking man in this house. Um, Brent, before I let you go. Um, do you have anything you want to, I want to give you a chance to give your final thoughts, anything you feel like we didn't have a chance to discuss anything else that you'd like to promote, anything you'd like to reiterate that you're promoting, uh, Brent DeRitter, you have as much time as you want. Brent DeRitter, the floor is yours. Yeah. Well, I've always got a lot of projects going on and we're always looking for volunteers, be it, you know, real life volunteers or virtual volunteers. Um, I'm a big advocate of keyboard activism. That's how I got started. I think a lot of people get started that way and you know, it works. So if you're looking to get involved and you're not sure how, and you know, hit me up. And if you've got your own project going, I love to get involved on those. So people message me a lot and can you help me with this or, or, um, take a few hours to do that. Mm -hmm. If you've got a project going on, you think I can help with shoot me a message, uh, anything I can do for Liberty, you know, let me know. Awesome, man. Again, top 10. Uh, direct quote, I'm one of the top 10 uh, libertarians in human history. Brent DeRitter. I'm, 
Um, not a humble guy. What? Yeah, yeah no, he's, he's definitely <laughs> not humble. If you're looking for someone humble, then you know, go 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 knock on some some other door because because Brent DeRitter's here to uh, to self promote and to chew gum, and he's all out of gum. No, exactly. listen. Um, I just want to say one more thing because you because you said you know like oh uh, I loosely organize these things and then I get to take all the the, the credit. You were the reason these things happen initially. People come in excitedly to do it, and we all should get some credit for that. And we do. We obviously all get credit for that. Uh, and yes, you loosely organize it, but you organize it. You started it. You organize it. You see through to it. You 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 in, uh, lovingly encourage people that are thinking of not actually showing up that day to, in fact, show up that day. And uh, <laughs> you, you get the job done, man. And I, I again, I, I you're one of my favorite people in general, but especially one of my favorite people that are that are doing this. I'm so honored to have you as part of our our campaign. It is going to be so freaking awesome, guys. Thank, thank you, man. I appreciate it. Absolutely. Guys, thanks again for tuning into this amazing, loving episode, post-holiday episode of the uh, of My Fellow Americans. Uh, be sure to tune in this Saturday uh, for, uh, we will be live streaming at least part of the Libertarian Party of Tennessee convention uh, that is happening uh, Saturday the 11th, this coming Saturday at, I think, starting at 8 a.m. Um, I don't have the graphic because I didn't have time to make it. Uh, but we will be, uh, I will be there. I'll be one of the people giving a speech. Uh, some of the other uh, local and national candidates will be there giving a speech. And uh, and then we will uh, we'll be hearing what they have to say. Some big announcements probably possibly happening uh, at that convention. You'll get to watch me freaking killing it. Live. Ki- killing it. I, I, I have my speech mostly done. Uh, I'll, I'm going to be killing it and uh, having, a, having a good time there. Uh, and then be sure to tune in next Tuesday uh, for the uh, – oh, uh, and if you live in the Atlanta area, uh, anywhere near Atlanta, uh, uh, on Monday, I'm going to be in there uh, there to do a uh, candidate meet and greet. Uh, the location and timing is to be announced, but uh, it's going to be sometime Monday evening. Uh, be sure to, to uh, inbox me because we're, we're organizing that right now. Uh, I'm going to be meeting with local people in the Atlanta area uh, to talk about our, our campaign and what we're doing. Uh, then uh, Tuesday night, be sure to tune in for the Muddy Waters of Freedom, where Matt Wright and I will be parsing through the week's news with the cheerful good joy of the winter wonder boys that we are. And then uh, tune in again next week for uh, an absolutely amazing episode of My Fellow Americans. You're not going to believe who the guest is, because I don't know yet, but we're going to have a guest. And uh, it's going to be absolutely amazing. And then the following weekend, that next weekend, I'm going to be, I think I'm speaking, I'm not sure, I'm going to be at the uh, Libertarian Party of Georgia convention as well. And Vermin Supreme will be there as well. And Matt Wright will be there as well. Uh, So a lot of fun stuff happening over the next couple weeks. But thanks again for tuning in. Have a great rest of your evening. And God bless you.
my skin, my friend. In reality, you are my kin. Though I view the world through another's iris. If you slide in my kicks, it might fit. We might just unite and come together, become hybrid. At the least, slightly like-minded. Indeed, the life I've lived brings light to kindness. All you need is a sign. Put a cease to the crimes. Put an ease to the minds like mine. Sometimes darkness is all I find. You know what they say about an eye for an eye in a time with the blind be the blind. Who am I to deny I would cry when a loved one dies? I recognize that body outside for the holes in the body that was alive. Now they find the chalk outline. Find out how, but you never know why. It ain't even make it to the news at night. It ain't even make it to the news at night. That's my sister, mother, father, brother, son. That's one of mine. All these tears, I close my eyes. Open up the only fine. I'm in love.